My name is PC Tunney. I am your commissioner and the commissioner of the United States of damn, damn, dare Americas. And I am joined, as always, by the other half of the world's greatest tag team never. It's him. It's DPP. I'm eating some beef jerky. It's been a long yeah. week, man. Okay, be quiet. Eat your jerky. Oh, and joining us, the third member of our group. <laughs> He's a brand new dad. He's back on the podcast. His name is Christopher Platt. Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen. Did I tune into the Ric Flair podcast? Y'all remember the old Ric Flair podcast? He was always smacking and eating down there and shit. <laughs> Great podcasting. <laughs> this podcasting moment is brought to you by DPP and his smacking. Get yourself so, some Jack Link's Chris, beef jerky. I have, a, I have a question. Is Amber going to make this child mash his M&M's? Honestly, I, I, that's funny that you should mention that because I believe I'm going to be the one that makes him mash his M&Ms. Now, let me let me say for the record, obviously, very happy, beautiful baby boy. He's healthy, all that great stuff. Yeah, I cried in the delivery room. Yeah, all that great stuff. Absolutely beautiful moment. Happy he's here. But <laughs> that little melon farmer, man, him and his little tallywhacker, he just, it's like, it's like, you remember when, you remember when Donald Duck was the fireman and he couldn't operate, he couldn't operate the hose and it's just flying every fucking where. That's basically him and his tallywhacker, man. He done, he wet the bed. He's wet the couch several times. He wet the, uh, the doctor's table a couple of times. He done got in his mama's face a few times. He got me today, finally. He pissed my pants a few days ago. Like, he, this motherfucker is a domestic terrorist. He even got his mama with the shit. Like, he projectile shat onto her, and it, it got onto her shirt. And we just looked at each other. All you could do is laugh, because what, what else are you going to do? But, no, I say all that to say about the mash and his M&Ms. He's a good baby. He doesn't give us a whole lot of trouble. The only time he really cries and screams bloody murder is if we're either trying to change his diaper or trying to change him. He, he just doesn't like, he doesn't like be fucked with. So whenever he starts crying, for some reason, my voice, specifically my singing, calms him down. So that's why I say I'll probably be the one to make him mash his M&Ms, as Kriba's clearly in the background because the, the guys are uh, waving at her. So yeah, Mama that'll be me. me mash my M&Ms. So everybody's healthy. Everybody's home. You said you uh, this is the most exhausted you've ever been. Without question. Because we have to feed this motherfucker every two or three hours, and who the fuck laid that out? I'm pretty sure our parents didn't do that shit. As a matter of fact, I know our parents didn't do that shit, because I asked my mom about that shit. I asked Amber's mom about that shit, and no, that wasn't a thing up until maybe about five or ten years ago. Like, who the hell are you? The audacity that you, you, you're you too good for three square? Like, what the fuck? So yeah, every two or three hours, we gotta wake up, we gotta change him. When we change him, we, we wipe his little ass, and then he shits again. Like I, I guess like the I guess the wipe in the asshole is stimulating or some shit and he just yeah gets it again. Although Fair I bad. feel bad because he's he's currently constipated right now, so we're trying to figure that situation out. But when that's kind of sad, you can see him, him straining and stuff like that, trying to get him yeah. out, trying to get it out. Give him some Taco Bell. Oh Jesus Christ, my Whatever. baby, will, my baby's lips will never touch Taco Bell as long as I'm alive. Like if I get up out of here and his mama want to do that fuck shit with him, that's on them. I'm not here. I will poltergeist him, but I can't really. I don't really have a say at that point in time. I'm up out of here. But no, as long as I'm here, my baby's you're, lips will never touch Taco Hell, man. You're worried about your kid eating Taco Bell. That's what you're most worried about. <laughs> Among other things, man. I mean, he's a boy. He's gonna skin his knee every there, and yeah, I just heard yes, Taco of course you Bell. did. Uh, of course you did. But yes, uh, it's rewarding, but absolutely exhausting. I, I don't even know how long we're supposed to do this two to three hour feeding schedule. The melon farmer 
different. He keeps the same hours that he kept in the womb, which means he sleeps all day. And then about two o'clock at night between the hours of like two and four, that's his turn up time. So he's up wide eyed and bushy tailed and, and woke like this. Matter of fact, the pictures I sent you, Tony, the one where he's peacefully sleep and looking angelic and all white. That was during the day. The one where you see his eyes because he barely opens his eyes. He's still trying to get acclimated to, uh, you know, to light. So sometimes he'll have one open. Sometimes he'll have none open. Sometimes he'll be squinty, like something that I can't say in fear of getting canceled. Yeah, I, I know y'all can pick up what I'm putting down. But that picture that I sent you, that was like 12, 16 at night when we trying to wind down. Everybody's tired and he's just up. Like, Jesus, Jesus, kid. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? Uh, it doesn't sound like it's going too bad for you, though. Um, everybody's healthy. Yeah. Yeah, all in all, man, I can't complain. He, he's he's beautiful. He's healthy. We, we got to teach him some shit because obviously he doesn't know how th- things work on this side of the womb. But yeah, all in all, man, I, I really I don't have much to complain about, man. I'm, I'm extremely happy. Um, I couldn't have picked a better mother for my child, which that that was always very important to me. Amber, I, I already I always knew she would be an amazing mother and she's that and, and tenfold. She's a dog. So I, I appreciate it. Baby's healthy and. We're, we're figuring it out. We're working progress, man, but we're figuring it out. Well, we're happy everybody's doing well. We're happy you're getting acclimated. Um, I'm actually happy that he's, you know, made your life a little bit of hell and he's pissed and shit on you. So, Amber, <laughs> that's, that's not cool, but you I'm okay with. Um, mm-hmm. I totally <laughs> forgot. I, I totally forgot his uncle Tunny was a, a Taurus as well. So, yay. So that's what I have to look forward to for the rest of my life. <laughs> Well, Chris, let's end this conversation by me speaking for everyone at DWI and everyone at Chair Shot. We love you. We're happy for you guys. And uh, congratulations. All jokes aside, man, I love you guys as well, man. Thank each and every one of you. You have all been very supportive throughout this whole process. You've been very excited about him finally showing up. And I I love you guys as well, man. The love is real. And thank you guys, seriously. And thank you for everything you've done, the encouraging words, the gifts, everything. We we really do appreciate it. I speak for Amber as well. We love you guys, man. And and thank y'all. And it's nice to know that uh, Sebastian's got about 86 drunk uncles out there to teach him (laughs) about life. So he's going to be all right. <laughs> anywhere around the country yeah. or the world almost. And, and he's going to find some place yeah. to stay. He's going to have a place to stay. Exactly. Be. And Uncle Dan is the fed. So he'll fuck around. You can expunge his record or, you know, right. help him sneak into those Illuminati meetings or you're, something. You you're know, working your way, you're working your way through the country and you got some shit going oh, on. Stop in the Midwest. Oh, and we'll, yeah, we'll clear your name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're listening to the 325th edition of the DWI podcast on ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com, PC Tunney, DPP, and Christopher Platt. We shall be back right after this. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything progressing. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back. 325th edition of the DWI podcast, DPP. Christopher Platt and yours truly, PC Tony. DP, you just got back on a red eye from Las Vegas on a work trip. How much work did you do out there, buddy? We did, for the record, we did plenty of work. Oh, shut the fuck it up. Was, <laughs> just because I sent you the picture of us playing Mario Kart on the big screen. <laughs> That was right. part of the Illuminati. Like, was that like the know. Bilderberg meeting or the uh, what's it, Bohemian Grove or some shit like that? <laughs> <laughs> we don't, uh, no, no comment. you know, we like, no. we know, you, you know, we like to give you shit. Tell us all about the fun you had when you're out in Vegas, uh, the, the, the little time you had to, to have fun. Um, it was awesome. I mean, we did a hell of a lot of walking. We stayed at the MGM, uh, conference was at the Mandalay Bay. Uh, but they had shuttles going back and forth. But day one, we kind of just, uh, you know, walked it a bit just so we could go through the casinos. And um, during the downtime that we had in the evening, we 
just did a few slot machines. We were desperately trying to find a even a blackjack table that was like $10, but you can't find that. Even during the day, you couldn't find it. Like, we even Maybe in the morning when we were walking there. Try Old Vegas next time. We, we almost went down to Fremont. I... We almost went down yeah. downtown. Um, but we didn't do that. We ended up finding a uh, – the last day, um, the conference always puts together, like, a, a party uh, night out, which was at the MGM – uh, over at the pool deck, which was awesome. Free beer, wine, um, free food, you know, lots of music playing or whatever. So that was fun. So we went there for a while, got uh, nice and tipsy off the free beer, and then uh, went and found. Um, so there's a, they have a craps like boggle machine. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but it's like this. It's all electronic. You know, you got a digital screen in front of you, and then there's a giant like tube in the middle with the two dice in there and you can press a button and it, you know, does a little like boggle thing and pops it up and you know, you can play that way. And that was five bucks. So two of us knew how to play and two didn't. And the other two didn't won. We all won, baby. We oh, did all you really? won. Um, and I'll tell you what, it was thanks to me. I threw two rounds of heaters that were, are never seen at a craps table. Um, I won about 500 bucks on those two rolls together. Everybody else that rolled literally rolled for shit, so it ended up being like 350 <laughs> bucks in total. Um, but I was, yeah, I don't know what happened, but I was on fucking fire, man. Uh, and just, I'd like, like on the come out roll, I would roll sevens to get some extra, to get free money, and then I would, then I'd roll a point and never roll a fucking seven again, you know? Like, just one of those runs. Uh, and I did it twice. And, uh, yeah, one guy came around and tipped me 10 bucks after we were done. I was like, here, I'm like, oh, thanks, man. I'm like, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> well, I remember nice. that was throwing hundred dollar tips over at, uh, I don't know where we even were, Mandalay Bay, maybe. Remember that? Yeah. That's what we were thinking. We were like, man, if we were at a table, man, people would probably be throwing me chips, but. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. uh, yeah, we were just on a roll. It was funny. I was sitting next to one of my, one of the guys that didn't know how to play and I was kind of trying to lean over like, okay, here's what you do and all that. And. Um, I made him a ton of money. It was funny. I, you know, I would look over. I'm like, I roll a five. I rolled. I looked over. I'm like, hey, you don't have to put up put five bucks on the nine. I'm like, put five dollars on the nine. He's like, why? I'm like, because the nine's gonna be rolled. He's like, all right, fine. And then I'd roll a nine. <laughs> He'd be like, how the fuck do you know that shit? I'm like, it's just I've said fives and nines. Fives and nines, man. It's a general rule. <laughs> and I started to read, and then I was, we were drunk enough, and I started to reach over, just put money on his table, and just say, "You're betting? No, put ten dollars on the odds now instead of five. What are you doing?" <laughs> so we had a ton of fun uh, doing that, obviously, because crafts is fun, especially if you're winning. Um, so yeah, <laughs> everybody, everybody came out of that table with money, uh, which was pretty awesome, um, and that's very rare. But otherwise, um, other than that, we really didn't have a lot of time to do much else we we went to uh caesar's palace for the buffet which is phenomenal buffet, so yes, if you're ever there yes phenomenal yes. buffet it's uh it's about 100 bucks though overall uh but but uh, it's you get your money's worth though they literally have everything you could possibly think of yeah anything you may think you might want to eat they have it well, how long are you gonna be there for well, they got a. I put in a good forty-five when I went. Say, you got a ninety-minute. You got ninety minutes. They give you ninety minutes. Uh, so, but well, when work's paying for it, um, it's okay. I don't mind. So, <laughs> uh, we got yeah, we all got like three platefuls of of all the random stuff plus dessert. Uh, we we. So oh, is it we, like a? Is it basically like a Golden Corral or or a or a old country buffet, but with good food? Yes. 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 I mean, it's got literally everything you could want, including rum ham. Uh, brisket was phenomenal. It's well. Let me tell you something. Always sunny joke. So, rum ham. It, yeah, I was gonna say I didn't get that one, and I was wondering, you know, boy, when I think of something on the buffet that I want, make sure <laughs> we got rum. a good rum ham. <laughs> it's always a good Crab rum ham. Legs. Galore. Hey, oh yeah. Hey, Tony. Tony, we're going out for dinner. Oh yeah, where are you going? Oh, we're gonna hit a buffet. Well, if they have rum ham, I'm in. If not, no thanks. Yeah, the first time uh, I went out there, it was actually with Amber. I think it was like maybe 2014, and we we stayed at the Aria, 
So we hit the Aria buffet, which that was excellent as well. And then we tried the Caesars as well because she had been there before and she was telling me about the Caesars and it neither one of them disappointed. Yeah. Aria was well, the first one we were going to go try, um, but we stopped at Caesars first and we're like, okay, we can, we can get in here. Let's just do this one because we knew that one. We've heard that one was really good. We tried to do that one, whatever, three years ago, the last time we went before the pandemic, uh, but it was like a two-hour wait when we got there and we were like, ah, fuck that. So we went somewhere else. But this time we got up there, there was a short line. And they were like, well, there's all these reservations. Like, it's some secret fucking society. They're, we're like, you got to go online and reserve it. And so we looked on there and it was like, oh, yeah, we're 250th in line to, to wait. And, like, if you wanted to make a reservation, the closest one was, like, two weeks out. And we're like, what the fuck is this oh, shit? Wow. Um, and then the lady was like, well, how many you got? Four? Okay, well, give me five minutes. We'll get you in. I'm like, what? why? What did we do? You know? And so we stood there for a couple minutes and there she comes. Okay, let's go. I'm like, oh, whatever. There's some secret society, secret handshaking motherfuckers going on. Like, what? There's no, nobody's, there was no line for reservations. There was no 200 people waiting to get in. Like, come on. Screw you, secret handshaking assholes, and you're never ending string of boats. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, that was good. That was fun. Uh, tried to place a couple bets on at the sports book and didn't win, but that was all right. Um, we had a really good time. You know, other than yeah, playing, we just tried to play some slot machines in between when we had some time at the end of the day. But it was generally pretty exhausting because it was just a lot of walking. You know, we have like an hour and a half class, and then you have to walk to your next one, and it was like maybe half an hour break. Um, the conference provided food for breakfast and lunch, so that was nice. Um, so we'd walk over, you know, grab some, grab something to you know eat quickly before our next class, and then you know we did a lot of walking. It was like at least seven to ten miles a day when i looked at my watch so it was like by the end of the day your feet fucking hurt and it was you know we'd play we try and gamble a little bit but it was like i just want to go fucking lay down for a little while <laughs> but the last night we hit it hard because they had the party and then we we went we're like we're just fucking sitting out at the craps table screw it so. nice all right in honor of this las vegas story we'll start with chris and we'll go around to horn what's your biggest hit ever on one bet in vegas um, haven't had any big hits in Vegas, man. When I go to Vegas, I, I'm not the biggest gambler in the world. Um, frankly, I don't think I've ever hit. And it's not because, you know, it's mainly because I don't do a whole lot of gambling when I'm in Vegas. I do a lot of eating. I do a lot of drinking. I do a lot of smoking. I try to take in a show like, you know, the, the Soleil shows and shit like that. Like there's just so much stuff to do in Vegas that gambling is kind of low on the totem pole for me, believe it or not. I never had any, like, really, like, a single hit. Like, I mean, playing around, playing at the blackjack table, I've won 500 bucks in one sitting um, a few times. Not a few times, one time. And then this last one with the craps table, you know, go walking away up 350 was pretty good. Um, I'm going to guess one of those uh, early 20 trips that we took or when we were in our early 20s at one craps table we probably won a good chunk of money but i can't remember because we drank a lot <laughs> um so oh, bruce city dollar bruce city dollar well, well it's that down at binions i was telling the guys about binions and where <laughs> when you threw the dice out the wall out the door <laughs> uh, and i requested the same i said oh, <laughs> yeah. we're, they were hot we're, but they hot <laughs> dude we were at this table for like four hours Four hours. We all won over a thousand dollars. There were six of us, and we were all tipping the dealers a dollar every time we won, and that was a lot. And finally, halfway in, they go, "Where are you guys from?" Like Milwaukee, and they're like, "The Brew City," and we're like, "Yep." And so they call it the Brew City Dollar, and they just loved us. So we're all shaking, we're all shaking. We always wanted to keep the same dice because we were hot with them. And I'm fucking firing these bitches, and I catch a hop, and they go right out the fucking door. Down the street, and without a hesitation, I'm like, same dice, same dice, <laughs> same dice. I don't, I don't. I'm pretty sure I did not get the same dice. Um, pretty sure. Yeah, pretty sure. Um, I won. I put 25 on 15 black and won 750 one time, and I put 100 bucks in a five dollar machine, and on my second pull, I won 1,044 bucks. Nice. Those are my two. So. Nice. Beauty. There you go. There you have it. All right. 
more traveling and baby and gambling and other stories from our lives still to come uh, on the DWI podcast in future episodes. For now, we're going to take one more commercial break and maybe we'll talk some wrestling. I'm not quite sure, but you're listening to the 325 edition of the podcast known as DWI right here. Chairshot Radio Network, part of the chairshot.com, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chairshot. Pick yourself up a chairshot t-shirt. Do it now. During this commercial break, really, go do it. Ready? TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Welcome back. DWI podcast number 325. You feeling better after a good uh, night's sleep, though, DP? I know you got in late last night. Yeah. Or this morning. Yeah, we're a little delayed this morning. Uh, this, yeah, well, it was this morning, yeah, because we we didn't leave till after midnight. Uh, got home at like two. So yeah, pretty exhausted. Got home and just dropped my bags and went right to bed. Crashed. Woke up at noon today, Central Time, just before we podcasted. Uh, so it was nice. Woke up with a little bit of a headache, um, and the humidity is bullshit here because uh, after four days of 100 degrees with you know a nice dry air, um, left my glasses on because I figured my eyes are going to be burning from this uh, humidity and whatever's kicking around. But yeah, finally a good night's sleep. Obviously, I, I never sleep well in hotels, um, and uh, so it's good to be home. Just uh, very, Ooh. very late. You're a G, Dan. You basically came from the airport to this podcast. I would have called out on this melon farmer, man. So salute to you, sir. I still got, you know, whatever, eight hours of sleep almost, I guess. Oh, you motherfucker. You yeah. fuck you and your eight hours of sleep, man. I sleep in intervals. <laughs> you don't even have to go to work tomorrow. I sleep in intervals, man. Oh, by the way, y'all, I just have to say, I, I haven't really been able to drink the way I, I enjoy drinking because I have a whole ass human to take care of. So I'm taking advantage during this podcast, Jack. We are going full tilt. Amber's going to be pissed, but that's okay. And I still got to conduct business. <laughs> I still have business to, to conduct at some point time this afternoon. So uh, that's why it's vodka. They can't smell it. So it's all good. <laughs> Cheers, brother. Yeah. All right. Yes, let's do it. Uh, cheers. I'm sorry. I'm working on other stuff, too. I'm, I'm multitasking. Oh, my bad. I, I shot a little early. I apologize. Ah, there you go. You know, it happens to the best of us. Sip for the drinking, man. Yeah, that's how Sebastian got it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. Hey, nice beaver. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I actually, that was, uh, that was like uh, that when Sebastian's conception, that was like Nolan Ryan's last no hitter. You know what I mean? He was like 45. <laughs> Couldn't really get it to 98 on the speedometer anymore, but he had all the tricks, the spit, the bubble gum, and the glue, and he said, God damn it, I'm going I'm to get this done. <laughs> I will finish. I will get this over with. Not going out without a fight. Damn straight. This is my independence day. Yeah. <laughs> Got to ring her bell one last time, and they say that's kind of the trick when you're trying to uh, impregnate. So, yeah. Yeah. The old man still had a few tricks up his sleeve. <laughs> like, <laughs> I ain't as good as I've ever been, but one t- how's it go? But one time I can be as good as I've ever been. How's that go? Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, we meant what you know. Um, <laughs> wrestling. I'm done now. <laughs> I've, I've watched I've watched AW Dynamite from beginning to finish Two weeks in a row. I think I need to go to a doctor. It's not a bad shoe, though. I mean, it's a lot of cringe shit and kind of like eye-rolling shit. But, I mean, it's the most consistently entertaining wrestling show out there. Even if it's not good, it's still it, it's so bad that it's good or cringe. That's how I feel about it. But we're, we're, you're burying the lead, though, man. No, We're not going to talk Sasha Naomi. We're not going to talk Stephanie McMahon stepping away. I was going to get to that. Oh, go ahead. My bad. My bad. Well, you kind of the pigs have gotten out of the pen now, haven't they? Like we, the pee the PPTP has come off the wee wee here. That's <laughs> hilarious, by the way. That little inside joke, but that's hilarious. We argue about this shit every all the time, though. You and I, because you always 
bury the fucking lead, man. You try to build the podcast like it's a wrestling card and build up to the main event. And I'm like, no, you got to hit them with the hotness first and then hope they stick around for the bullshit. Says the man who forgot to watch Seinfeld today. Um... (laughs) (laughs) All right. Just for that, man, when you see Sebastian, I'm going to have him piss on you. I'm going to instruct him to piss on you. I don't care if he's six years old. (laughs) He's going to piss on you, man. (laughs) He, He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do that to me. Dan, maybe. Um, Aesop, definitely, but not me. Not me. Um, what did I do to him, man? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Better not. Goddamn wife's making him a blanket. All right. You better love us. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you've said it right there. Yeah. Krista's making that. Uh, Dan. Uh, no, not Dan. Uh, Chris, since, since you've solved, you know, readily objective to my structure of wrestling conversation what would you like to talk about first you know what i'm just along for the ride fellas <laughs> you're, such a, you're such a dickhead fucking knob so i watched AEW two weeks in a row oh, i'm talking about stephanie oh, who cares i haven't fucking seen stephanie what has she been doing working behind the scenes probably so what's going like, to change? Doing the ambassador stuff or something, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's face. Stuff. Yeah. I don't, I don't ain't shit going to change, man. I just think it was an interesting tidbit and something you might want to talk about on a wrestling podcast. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. So talk about it. I just did. <laughs> so moving on to the next subject. <laughs> uh, another another Dynamite. moral victory DC Tunney uh, yeah, Dynamite you, I didn't watch we're gonna get to that no 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 okay. no we gotta talk about your WWE first uh, Sasha and Naomi walk out on a pre-planned six-pack challenge um, storyline or actual walkout shoot actual I agree walkout, I think man. it's a shoot as well yeah I think so too which this is another one we don't know what the hell's going on because when I, I read about what happened, it still didn't make any sense. I guess it was maybe a straw that broke the camel's back type of situation, but it still doesn't make any sense. And then the fact that they constantly buried them on Raw, I thought that was interesting as well. That's so, I, I thought it might have been a work because well, of that. Yeah. But What I read was that they wanted Naomi to win the six-pack challenge, and they wanted her to face and lose to um, Bianca. Bianca. But they were going to stop emphasizing the tag team division and titles at all. And that's pretty much where Sasha, you know, was not happy about that. And some kind of said it from an angle, it looked like Naomi kind of got talked into walking out, but she still walked out. Um, I heard there's not going to really be any repercussions for the most part, but I, I don't know. There's going to be somehow, some way, someone's going to pay for that. Someone has to if pay it's, for that. If it's, if it's, if it's not real. I mean, if it's real. Yeah. I think it's real. I, I Someone has to pay for it. It has to be Sasha and Naomi. Like, you can't... Right. As, as the booking person, you know, the head of the company and everything else, and no matter what it is, either if you're the entire end-all, be-all like Vince, or if you're the booker, you got to be backed up by the owner, too, that you can't, you can't just leave because you don't like what's happening. Right? Like, it's not... That's not your job. I mean, you can, you can leave, but there's consequences. There's got to be consequences. Yeah, that that's fair. But y'all are looking at it <clears throat> as if this is some isolated incident. Like we, and we'll probably never know what really happened and what really led up to this moment. I'm not looking at it like it's a one of one. On the surface, yeah, it, it, it's childish to to walk out and stuff like that. I get all of that. But at the same time, you know, we, there's been history of this type of thing. Vince likes that type of shit. He likes when motherfuckers show moxie like that. You know what I mean? And are willing to put their nuts or, in this case, their ovaries on the table and stand up for what they believe in. So will there be consequences or repercussions? Probably. But at the same point in time, I, I don't know, man. We we don't have enough information to really say anything intelligent about it. That's the bottom line. We We don't know what the fuck is going on. And we might not ever know what the fuck is going on. And I'm talking from a place, y'all know how I feel about Sasha, and I love my, Naomi as well, so I'm trying to be as objective as I possibly can. But um, we don't know, man. Who who knows what's going on there? Yeah, and if they, I mean, if they went in there complaining twice about the story and they had them change it once and twice and then said they still hated it or whatever, 
Like, I get it going in, you know, going to Vince and saying, like, look, hey, we need to change this. I don't think this is good for whatever. Like, there's stuff about, like, hey, my character wouldn't be doing this kind of stuff and all that. You know, that's fine. But, and I think back in the day or whatever, back in the day, which was like a Wednesday, you know, like, I'll, you know, go back however long, you know, how many people have done something like that like actually just said no i'm done and walked out said i'm not doing this i don't know i mean obviously we know stone cold once stone cold's story with lesnar uh, where he walked out but we i don't know if how often this happens because we don't hear about that kind of stuff or we and before we didn't you know so then this isn't the first time sasha's done that either so that's the biggest concerning thing to me is like okay she this is not her first time doing that like you know there that's it's part you know i get it you you don't might not like certain things um and i think you know there's some people have said like yeah you get sometimes you get shit stuff or whatever or you get put into a bad something you don't really like or you don't think it's going to work but you put your heart into it and you get it over that's part of you know that's part of the deal and like hey that's kind of your job and stuff like that like so i get kind of both sides of it um but at some point like if you're going to keep saying fuck this and walking out when do you go okay i that's enough of that shit you know like i'm not gonna continue to go have someone be some kind of face of the company or hold any kind of title when i know like the next week they might just walk away and say i'm not doing this i don't know i it's tough well let let me ask you guys a question because it's been this way for quite a while now in sports entertainment slash professional wrestling. And it's starting to be this way, even with the NBA now where the backstage news and rumblings are actually more interesting than the actual product that they're putting in the ring or on the court or whatever the fuck the case may be. Is this a byproduct of us just number one, being jaded, uh, us having the attention spans of uh, fucking raisins now because of the advent of social media, or is this a, a bigger problem? In terms of entertainment, uh, yeah, y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about, man. Answer the question. I mean, that's what I'm curious about, right? Is is you know what? How often has this really been going on? You know, before and now that that's just everybody's on social media, is everybody can put this little shit out there and all that. I think it's I think it's just the part of the generational thing now. Is we yeah we don't have an attention span. The backstage drama is more fun to watch than the actual product now. It, I mean, for the most part, it really is. Some of these, like, you know, you mentioned sports too, like basketball and the NBA is can be such a pain in the ass to watch. But, you know, you we talk about it. You, you, you can say that, but at the same time, things like this have been woven into storylines by Vince likes actual real-life storylines, and he, he likes real heat. Vince likes that. You know, to your point, right? But it's more so him pitting people against each other that have heat, not him liking people walking out on him. You know what I'm saying? So obviously you're going to get more. You're also going to get more bullshit, right? Like the patty melt and the seltzer you get for lunch. When you get that, you always, sometimes you're going to eat a shit sandwich because it's not what you expected because generally it's not true. So you just got to kind of fucking live and learn with it. Who the fuck eats patty melts? What are you, Squiggy and Liddy? And, and seltzer. I've seen a patty melt come with a seltzer. That's your new name, Squiggy and Lenny. Did I did I get that right? <laughs> that, those are their names, right? Squiggy and Lenny. Yeah. You... Shlomiel, Shlomago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> back in the day, scissoring. <laughs> What's oh, so that? You picked up on the uh, lesbian uh, undertones of Laverne and Shirley. Okay, cool. Austin Pfeffer Incorporated. Because you know Squiggy and Lenny was trying to get some pussy the whole time, and they just were not here for it whatsoever. Yeah, I don't know. That's just a joke from some other comedian. Maybe Steve Allen. Someone stole it from Steve Allen. His name Steve Allen? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you accusing me of stealing Steve Allen jokes? Fuck out of yes. here, man. Every, everybody steals Steve, Steve Allen. You've stolen all of Steve Allen's jokes. Everything Fuck out of Steve here. Allen. I might steal from I, I might steal from Don Rickles. I Anybody might steal from stole from Steve Allen. Steve Allen. Stole, but they all, they all stole <laughs> Steve Allen. Fuck out of here. He wasn't the first insult comic. Uh, Benny Goodman. Fucking um, uh, Lenny Allen. Bruce. Stole fucking um, Don Rickles. The motherfucker I just said. Stole Don Rickles. Don Rickles ain't still shit from Steve Allen. Fucking, uh, well, I guess not. Yeah, George Burns was kind of an insult comic. Uh, 
Steve Allen. <laughs> Even hey Dan, he doesn't know this, but Richard Pryor stole it from Steve Allen. Fuck out of here. Steve Allen's dad. Even Steve Allen's dad stole it from Steve Allen. Stole Steve Allen. From Steve Allen. <laughs> there was the the great the great ninth century jester of, of medieval lore. You don't know we don't know how he did it. Because yeah. it was like twenty five hundred years beforehand or however long. A ninth century, yeah. I don't know. That's two thousand twelve hundred? Thirteen 1,200 years ago, a jester stole from Steve Allen. That's what happens when you do math and Steve Allen jokes at the same time, folks. That's why we yeah, right now, this show. joke is like, where, where I'm at right now, it's like, oh, do they get your show in Cleveland? Well, it airs. I'm not sure that they get it. <laughs> I just want to tell the people in Cleveland, there are other cities you can move to. You don't have to live I'm, in Cleveland. I'm, I'm living proof. Says, you don't have to stay the fucking Milwaukee Brewer. Get the fuck out of here. Okay, yes, I touche, because I left. I've been in many cities since Cleveland, but says the Milwaukee fucking Brewer. Get the fuck out of here, man. So first you're place Cleveland with, with better Yeah, you're you're Cleveland with better PR, sir. That that's all. You have better PR. You're, you're and, and a real you're late, you catch on fire. Real, let let a late catch on fire. Milwaukee's Cleveland all of a sudden. Listen, hey, 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 hey. You're a real guardian of the city over there. <laughs> Well, fucking name change. <sighs> yeah, just when you thought it could get. Hey, you guys want to talk about AEW Double or Nothing this weekend? Is that this weekend? It is this weekend, yeah. is it? Yes. Uh, uh, some of the key, big matches that uh, I like here Kyle O'Reilly or Samoa Joe, whoever wins, I believe, tonight on Rampage, will take on Adam Cole, Bebe in the Owen Hart Cup Tournament Final. Chris Statlander or Ruby Soho will take on either Tony Storm or Britt Baker. Likely, I would imagine, Statlander and Baker for the women's side. Thunder Rosa defending her AEW Women's Championship against Serena Deeb. Three-way tag team title match. I think this is going to be a really good match. Jurassic Express defending against Team Taz, which includes Ricky Starks and Hobbs. Uh, And then Keith Lee and Swerve, who are a really good tag team. I think they're going to go over here in a three-way match there. We got a stadium state page. Black male wrestlers always end up beefing with each other, and it doesn't matter what company it is. The, the the blacks just always fight the blacks. I'm sick of black on black crime and wrestling, man. We need to do something about this shit. Like, goddamn, y'all. Jurassic Express is old the title. So, it's a three way. Yeah, but Starks and Hobbs been beefing with Keith Lee and Swerve for about a month now, at least. And <laughs> just like when they tried to get Bobby Lashley over, he ran through all the brothers on the roster. I mean, come on, man. There's yeah. clearly a pattern here. Yeah, yeah that's it's just like the women's yeah. the women's division. It's like the black division. Uh, like he gets for the rules. What the fuck? Trying to get you guys yeah, to. Division, yeah, man. you guys clearly yeah. uh, need to pay more attention to wrestling, so we're gonna yeah, put the brothers yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out to wrestling keeping the Negro leagues hey. alive, right? <laughs> <laughs> when you got your own baseball league, what the fuck? <laughs> Can't, we can't intermix these people. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's, that's oh. coming up next on next AEW Dynamite interracial matchups. <laughs> Down with integration. Down with yeah. it. I don't. I don't mean that. Folks. I mean, just... no, no, no. I'm saying uh, though, they got the the host title. If if you look at the TBS title, the women's title. If you look at how it's configured, it looks like it says Hose. The way that the TBS logo is configured, it looks like it says Hose Championship. So they nice. got the Hose Championship at AEW. Maybe they will get the Negroes Championship at AEW coming up here. Don't change you know, the FTW. Call it the NAACP. You know, they changed the FTW to the NAACP title. <laughs> Uh, why does the why does the NAACP title have a white strap? I don't get it. <laughs> There's a joke there, but I won't in I won't say it in a million years. I can't say it. There's a joke there. There's a really funny joke there. There's a really funny joke there, but I can't say it. <laughs> okay, let's we move on. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society taking on Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz, and the Blackpool Combat Club in a stadium stampede match and the main event. Hangman Page defending against CM Punk, gentlemen. That's the match I really wanted to talk about. I Page doesn't drop the belt here, does he? He has to. Really? What you think, Dan? I think he has to. What do you think? Oh man, I I, I guess <laughs> I haven't watched, so I don't know. Like uh, if they got any other storylines ready to go, um, it 
CM Punk holding the title would make sense, you know, if, if he's like not going to stick around for a while or something and make a run with the title. They haven't like they haven't changed the title in AEW that much, have they? There's only been like three champions. I think Heyman is the fourth. Yeah, Jericho, Jericho Moxley, Omega, and then um, Hangman. Yeah, so he's the yeah. fourth. Yeah. I mean, considering so. how WWE plays hot potato with those belts, you're right. That's not, and they've been around for about three years. That's not, yeah, so, that's not a whole lot. Yeah. Jericho had it for 182 days. Moxley had it for 277 days. Omega had it for 346 days. Page has had it for 160 days. So it would be the shortest reign in AEW championship history if he lost here to CM Punk. But he still had it for, you know, five months. I just feel like they have to because I, I like Hangman, but he he ain't it. In, in terms of this guy being your world champion and being kind of the face of your company, per se, he, he just he's not there yet. I'm not saying he won't get there, but he's not there yet. And you have CM Punk, who, you know, for all intents and purposes, is the biggest star that you have in your company. It's CM Punk and it's Brian Danielson. Eventually, those streams are going to have to cross at some point in time. But I think that you need to put the title on your biggest star and run with it. All right. Well, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there, definitely. I think we'll probably uh, bring it up next week and, and see if whether or not they got Hangman Page moving further. I mean, I, I'm okay with, with Punk winning it if it means when he, Punk loses it, Page wins it back. I just, I don't, I don't know. No, maybe, the, the, I, maybe not. The, I mean, it's been six months, November 13th. So that's six months and a week as we podcast, six months, eight days as the pay-per-view goes. So it's more than 160 days. That must have been an old article, but go ahead, Chris. No, the, the guy that needs to beat Punk for the title is MJF. And even if Hangman Page retains, the guy that needs to be the next champion, if it's not going to be Punk, it, it needs to be MJF. MJF is also supposed to face Wardlow, I believe, at this pay-per-view that wasn't on the card there but i do believe that's a non-sanctioned match or something like something's happening there i'm pretty sure so yeah uh, they've been solid dynamites the last two weeks i've good wrestling decent storyline okay announcing uh it's dynamite until ricky starks uh hobbs keith lee and uh swerve get out there and then it's dynamite here comes the. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to say it. I can't. I can't do that. Not not on, not on air. Here um, <laughs> All righty. Yep. So there's your wrestling talk this week on the DWI podcast. Uh, Ooh. So hope you enjoyed it. Is our uh, Cole and Britt Baker both going to win the uh, Own Heart tournaments so that they can couples uh, congratulate each other for both being the cha- the winners of the Own Heart Cup? They're going to have heart tournament championship sex. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. Relive uh, Edge and Lita. <laughs> I didn't mean in the ring. I just, oh. meant they're, they're probably, if, if they do, they probably would. I mean, I would. Right. Not with Adam Cole. Not that there's yeah, anything. Not with Adam Cole. Yeah. yeah, not <laughs> with Adam Cole in quotation marks. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> I, think, I actually think Britt Baker is bigger than Adam Cole right now. <laughs> I know I'm bigger than Adam Cole. Let's just put it that way. All right. Well, Christopher Platt has got to go, and that's fine because he didn't do his homework this week. So when we come back on the other side, we will be talking about Season 2, Episode 10 of Seinfeld, The Baby Shower. Christopher Platt, congratulations once again, my friend. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Love you guys, man. Zip it up, zip it out. I don't know what that means. This is the 320th edition of the DWI podcast. We'll be right back. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. I'm not getting a legal cable. Also, what are you going to do? You're going to wait for the cable companies to resolve their dispute? They're going to be in court for years. Oh, I read in the paper. Oh, oh, the paper. Well, they might hook us up again. Oh, God, you're so naive. All the cable companies care about is the big mamu. Oh, look at you. You're banging things. It's just pathetic. Just wasting your life. 
I'm offering you 56 channels, movies, sports, nudity, and it's free for life. Stop shouting. You're ruining the reception. Can you hear yourself? Can, 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 do you know what you're saying? What you're person. suggesting is illegal. It's not illegal. It's against the law. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right, season two, episode 10, The Baby Shower. And we were right last week. There's no more mention of the relationship between Jerry and Elaine. It's a one-episode thing, basically. Uh, I think there's one more thing that happens, but with strict emphasis on this is just a one- or two-time thing. I think it was a one-time thing. Um, But, well, that'll come down the road. Um, So, Jerry... What what is he's trying to get the the cable companies are in dispute over something or there's no cable right now is the storyline right because Jerry has cable he's got yeah he's he's getting bad reception I remember I I don't remember did they no no he's doing that because the cable companies like, are, are like they shut he can't the service get the cable, off so he's trying to use the antenna yes yeah and cable. Got a, a Russian immigrant in his Russians. apartment, hooking him up with illegal with illegal cable for 150 bucks, 56 channels. The Mets got the Mets got 75 games on cable this year. Jerry's like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. um, but these are two of the sketchiest guys ever, right? Oh God, it's just yeah, it's just a dude like uh, I don't even know how to describe him. Yeah, just this uh, yeah bum looking guy who's just wearing this just awful t-shirt like they just came in like oh yeah we can do this we can do this you know and anybody like you would see like a pawn shop type of guy eating a donut with a tracksuit on yeah tracksuits yeah, that's what i was trying to think of yeah the tracksuit jerry gets convinced into doing this and they set up the appointment for the next day well later on in the evening he's out at the diner with george and elaine and elaine wants to throw a baby shower for a friend she can't say no to and she wants to do it at Jerry's place. And Jerry agrees after making a few jokes because he's going out of town uh, to do a show. In the meantime, the lady who's throwing the baby shower once dated George and took George to one of her shows where she did, well, I don't know what the hell she did, impression art or whatever the fuck she did or whatever stupid storytelling. Yeah. And she sprayed a bottle of chocolate sauce all over George's red shirt. And then she left with another guy and she never apologized. So Jerry's show gets canceled yeah he has to get picked up by george who doesn't mind to do it because george wants to tell this lady off who's at jerry's apartment the next day for the baby shower uh now elaine's friend jerry's on to him the guys the crazy russian immigrant guys and kramer show up in the middle of the baby shower and and start working on eat all the food use the bathroom start yelling at the girls George and Jerry show up. George wants to tell that lady off, but ends up being all smushy with her and trying to impress her again. Meanwhile, another lady from the baby shower knows Jerry, who Jerry doesn't remember going on a date with, who he never called back, and he gets reamed out by this lady. So all these things are happening at once, DP. Very good episode, in my opinion. I just wanted to lay it out there for you. So wherever you want to start off with, I know you probably had a few notes written down. Yeah, I think it was funny that the... uh... Like you, well, you mentioned it. Like, so George is, you know, George is coming there, wants to tell off this lady. She doesn't really, she doesn't even remember who he is, basically. Um, and that whole story, yeah, gets completely flipped around to Jerry with the other woman <laughs> who goes and tells him off. George, you know, cowers out and doesn't do it, and then ends up, um, he ends up putting, uh, knocking a plate of chocolate into her shirt, and decides no, she, or onto him right yeah he he so he's talking to her and gets with the into. fucking with the chocolate sauce all over his shirt right yeah the chocolate and someone bumps into the 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 lady he wants to yell at while he's schmoozing her instead of yelling at her and she bumps pops him. her cake right on the shirt again and right it just on the sticks <laughs> and then yeah and then george yeah Cowers out, doesn't decides not to do, not to confront her, and instead leaves with her, carrying all the baby gifts and the stroller, and trying to get out the door, and just looks at Jerry like, eh, you know, well, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it. Like I thought that was great, and yeah, the cable guys uh, being there and watching this, all the guests 
like just terrified of these two Russians that are there just eating all the food. He gets back. Jerry decides he doesn't want to do the cable anymore because it's just this giant hassle, and you know he's just frustrated. Well, and they try to charge him four hundred bucks to yeah, not do all, it, to like, undo it. When he's on the plane to his show before it gets, you know, they make an emergency landing because of weather. He has a dream of coming home and the, the FBI is in his apartment and Kramer had to tell him everything. My little cable boy. And uh, Jerry tries to make a run for it and they shoot him dead before he can get to the door. Yeah. A lot of just little pumps come out of his jacket. And the end of that dream sequence is Kramer on the ground holding Jerry and going, what did you do to my little cable boy? <laughs> my little cable boy. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so, just an interesting episode it's... there. I think they really kind of went a little more out there than they than they have. This one was more of a, more like, generally, there's maybe two stories, two things going on, like at the most, in a lot of these episodes before this. And this one, it was like, there is a ton of different things going on. You know, you got the cable guys, you got Elaine wanting to do a party, you got Jerry, well, this not is want, what... you know, the argument between Jerry and the woman, George and the woman. There's like a lot of stuff this intertwined. Yeah, this is what Seinfeld is going to become basically after these next two episodes. Is you're going to have a storyline for every main character that's going to just be woven in together, right? Um, we still haven't gotten Newman, as you know, Newman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the next two episodes, the next episode, there's only one thing happening. And I That's believe true. the following episode, there's two things happening. So, but back to the baby shower. Um, I would, I would not um, be offering up uh, my place to f- throw a baby shower for someone I did not know. Isn't that crazy? Like, Elaine's apartment was too small. Like, well, I need, I needed to use your. Oh. Apartment. No, no. Her her roommate has. Um, she got Lyme disease, but she also had. Um, what was the other disease she had? Bars. Oh man, I totally don't remember that part. Don't you remember that? No. So he's like, he's he's like, well, now she's got blah 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 with a twist of Lyme disease. <laughs> <laughs> she said, oh, she was doing an outdoor show of hair in Connecticut, and Jerry goes, they still they still do that play? She goes, oh yeah, it's a classic. Even even all the nudity and sex scenes. He's she's like, yeah, she must have. Rolled over onto a tick while she was doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Just a matter of factness of, you know, real life issues for this show is amazing. (laughs) Once again, when they leave, when George leaves the diner, he puts down what he puts down for his portion of the bill, comes back and picks a dollar back up again. That always. (laughs) Like, it just, that theme just continues, which is one of the best parts of that. He's always like, he's going to do it. And then he goes, um, hang on a second. I can take $1 back. <laughs> like he had his back turned going. He was, he is like two, he three turned, steps away this time. He yeah. turned back around. He's, it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> $2. $2. Anything else from the baby shower episode? Another really good episode. Um, for eons from where we were episodes like one through four. Yeah. It's just crazy. You know, we talk about that at the beginning where, it's a rough it's a rough beginning, but now when you're starting to hit the end of season two, this is when they start to hit their stride and like you said, store there's more main stories about the other characters. You start to build those you know, you start to know who they are. Like we haven't even gotten to you know, Newman yet, which is crazy. I you know, didn't realize it's two seasons in and no Newman yet and but the characters start to in, develop I, themselves. I think it's not until season three. I don't think he's in either of the yeah. next two episodes. No. Definitely not the next one. So, the next two episodes are favorites of mine. They're probably both in my top 25, I would say, all time. They might be in the top 10. I don't know. I've never made a list of my favorite. Well, I know my favorite episode. um, But the Chinese restaurant is next. It's probably one of the most iconic Seinfeld episodes. It's probably one of the most talked about things at the time when they did it. Um, And you'll see why when you watch it and and listen next week and hear us talk about it, it, it's just a really interesting concept and really well done. And then the last episode, 
of the season is the busboy. And this is just the such, such a great job of acting uh, by, by, I can't even remember who plays the busboy. Uh, I don't think he went on to do anything super major. Uh, I'm sure he had a decent acting career, but I don't remember him in anything else. I can't remember his name, but I'm sure we'll, I'll be repeating it when we get there because he does a really good job in this episode of acting that part and, and selling the story. Um, it's a really fun episode. So looking forward to the next two weeks, definitely, DP. Dave, David Labioso. David Labioso is your is your busboy. What do you got? Any any got any uh, credits for him on anything else? Uh, you know, it doesn't look like he has been in a lot. Uh, he was in Bulletproof with uh, Adam Sandler and Damon Wayans. <laughs> That's about... I, see, uh, I seen that a long time ago. He was in 24, the show 24. He's been in Workaholics. Uh, so he's a lot of bit parts. A lot of bit parts. Yeah, I'd take uh, I'd take his paycheck. I would. Uh, <laughs> that's a long career, though. It'd be in all those different bunch of different shows. Equalizer. There's Seinfeld. So he's so he's had a really good career then. So good stuff. Yeah. Oh, she he was in an episode of Murder She Wrote. All right. Cool. Does he have a Twitter? Walker Texas Ranger. Find his social media. Should we try to get him on for the 327th episode of the DWI podcast? Would that be something? You know who else we need to try and get on, something. who I think we might be able to get when time comes? Mark Metcalf. Yes. Bet you we could. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a Wisconsin native. The maestro. We should, uh, maybe we should go to the next B&B event to try and talk to those guys and see if they would reach out for us. I bet you. I bet you we could do something. Yeah, I right. can't, well, find a, a... Uh, can't find the Twitter handle, but uh, we can certainly Facebook? talk about that later. Uh, I see right. a Facebook, well, we're gonna... so we'll figure that out. We're gonna... Yeah, good stuff. We're just, the meager, we're just the meager DWI podcast here in Milwaukee, yeah. but we're going to do our best, this, folks. I'm looking forward. I, I don't... I'm looking forward to the busboy, because I, for some reason, don't remember that one enough. Um, the Chinese restaurant one is going to be fantastic. Do you think we could get Jerry next week? Do you think Jerry would come on the show next week? I'm sure. I'm sure he's not busy at all. Or Larry, either one. Jerry or Larry, yeah. Jerry they they're not doing anything. Julia Louis, I I take Kramer. I don't I don't know how our fans would you know love that. Have we has everybody forgiven Kramer? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, no Kramer. <laughs> but but Larry or Jerry? Yeah, okay. Well, pipe dreams. Yeah, sure. Uh, but no, we're we're serious. If we can find um, Daniel Fabuloso, Fabuloso, what's his name? <laughs> David Labioso. He's fabulous. Daniel, right? Fabioso? David. David. I'm off. I hope he doesn't listen to this episode. Watch, he listens. Getting a phone call right now from Daniel Fabuloso. (laughs) It's David Fabioso, right? David Labiosa. David Labioso. I'm probably destroying (laughs) his last name, and I apologize, but that's... uh... What's the name? Um, Oh. Chris Mute. Chris Mute. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mike Toomey as Chris Mute. <laughs> you know, and I met the guy backstage and everything, and he said my name. And then he went out there, and he int- he goes, he says, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring on to the stage Chris Mute. <laughs> Who the fuck is Chris Mute? David Labiosa. There you go. I got it. On that note, folks... DP, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and this show? Uh, you can find me all over the worldwide social media interwebs at it's me, DPP, and follow In this Vegas. show on Twitter at PodcastDWI and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DWI Podcast. There you go. Folks, head on over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick yourself up a chair shot t-shirt. Uh, you'll be you'll be the star of the next party you go to. Wear that thing, whether it's nefarious means, Jesus did the job. Hashtag tag team wrestling. I think uh, you know. Hashtag journalism. There's a whole bunch of great stuff. Greg. Everybody hates Greg. I think everybody is one. Hates Greg. That's too bad. I don't oh, think there's a t-shirt. <laughs> there's a t-shirt. Yes. Good job. You're gonna well for your DP. Greg will appreciate that. Yeah, he will. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. You know you can find all of the wonderful podcasts on Chairshot Radio Network by just searching Chairshot Radio Network uh, wherever 
streaming podcasts are streamed or at thechairshot.com where we encourage you to always use your head sports entertainment and sports entertainment we got you covered i'm pc tunny you can follow me at pc tunny you can follow aj balaz at phenomenal ajb you can follow christopher platt at the real c platt and until next time you've been listening to another edition of the podcast known as d w uh, i don't like that i, I didn't like that. that but we're just it's too late now it already happened this week but yeah. we'll see you got, I'm sure you got know. one or two more episodes to, you know, clean it up. Yeah. I'm your podcast Jedi, by the way. Seinfeld 4. I, I miss pizza funny. I'll just I'll just leave you with that. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. It's funny. I've been craving a slice of pizza. Yeah, that's funny. That's pizza funny. <laughs>